It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Anthony Edwards posts 40, and the Wolves complete the second half of a back-to-back with a 12-point win in Portland. It's the Locked On Wolves postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wolves After Dark, welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom, pinch hitting for the Postcaster General, Luke Inman. He's got the night off. We're joined by our trusty colleague, Jack Borman of Canis Hoopus and the Minnesota Basketball Party as well. He joins us after almost every game. And the Wolves win tonight 121 to 109 against the Portland Trail Blazers, coming off maybe the biggest win of the year uh, against the LA Clippers. Expected maybe a bit of a letdown. Wolves led by one going into the fourth quarter. They trailed at one point early in the quarter and then eventually pull away, get the job done for win number 38 on the year. Lots to get to on this show that is brought to you today by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Uh, Anthony Edwards hangs 41. Nikhil Alexander-Walker pivotal off the bench. And Rudy Gobert with a double-double. Lots to get into, but Jack Borman, give me your first word on this Wolves win in Portland. Yeah, I mean, this is it's nice to see the Wolves just continue to run up the score in some of these games, right? It's the it's the seventh game in a row. They've held a lead of at least 17 points. You know, obviously you'd like to, to see an undefeated stretch when you're doing that, but but they'll certainly take it, right? Third straight road win of at least 15 points. I can't I can't remember the last time a Wolves team did that. So um, that's huge, but but Anthony Edwards, man, uh, he he loves playing in Portland. This was his eighth career forty point game, his second one in Portland. Uh, he had one back in twenty twenty two, if you remember that. Um, but eighteen in the first quarter uh, after you know made three threes right away in the first quarter after going one of eleven um, on Monday night in Los Angeles was was huge. Um, and the Blazers doubled him, uh, and he did a great job of getting off the. Uh, you know, getting off the ball early in the shot clock and, and his teammates made plays behind it. So he did a great job of, you know, not just forcing it after, you know, really doing a great job of scoring early on. And, and that's another perk of adding Monte Morris, right? And that, you know, the Wolves can put two really good playmakers between Conley, Morris, Anderson, and Nah. They can have two of those four guys uh, on the floor to playmake in four on three and three on two situations behind the double teams, which they did a great job of tonight um, as well. And then, you know, Ant did a really good job at the end of that third quarter. You know, things were kind of on the rails or kind of getting off the rails a little bit. Game was in the balance. Um, he and Carl really, uh, you know, kind of took control of, of the game offensively and, and had four really important points there to kind of stem the momentum uh, that the Portland Trailblazers were, were really gaining there. Uh, and then had nine really important points in the fourth quarter. Um, but what I really appreciated about Ant from this game 19 of his 27 shot attempts were inside the arc. He was 12 of 19, 63% on those looks, um, and shot almost 70% in the paint on 16 looks, uh, 11 of 16 in the paint, which is which is awesome. I mean, and the thing for Ant, you know, 16 shot attempts in the paint and only five free throws um, is pretty rare for a player to <laughs> to be that active. Did he get a call shot. once in a while? Yeah, and, and I can't, and I honestly can't tell you off the top of my head like how many 
oh my gosh, that should have been a foul call. Um, you know, misses we had, but uh, but he was really active in the paint, and that's exactly what you want to see against a team that was really poor perimeter defenders and a really poor rim protector. Um, you know, in DeAndre Ayton, who's just not going to scare anybody at the rim. Um, yeah, so that that's that's number one for me, and then after that, it's got to be Nikhil Alexander Walker, right? Um, you know what we saw in that fourth quarter was. Uh, was just incredible. You know, you you didn't, you know, Nikhil's been awesome in the fourth quarter this season, really dating back to that that kind of Zombies-Wolves game and that they almost stole in Boston on the second night of a back-to-back. Yes. Uh, if you remember that game, he was huge down the stretch of that one, and it's been awesome ever since. Um, it, but you didn't think it was going to be that way, right? He, he fouled on a three on Scoot Henderson on the first trip, and then on the next possession, the first offense, offensive possession, he just gave it away, turned it over. Um, but hung in there had three huge corner threes all in a row uh and then held you know scoot henderson and, and anthony simons to just five points on and didn't allow a made field goal to either of those guys in the fourth quarter uh which was which was huge he was a pivotal part of that 26 to or 23 to 6 run from the wolves from the 1007 mark to 522 to, to blow this thing open um you know the wolves wolves win the fourth quarter by 11 points 37 to 26 um and what i thought was really important as well about this fourth quarter is that the first two lineups that we've seen in the fourth quarter have been a problem for the Wolves for the last month or so, right? How they how they start the quarter and then that that first lineup that they kind of bring some starters back into the game has been wonky, but those were the two best lineups that the Wolves had of every single lineup combination they had tonight. Those were the two best lineups of the game. The the first lineup was plus 6 in the first 4 37 of the of the quarter and the second lineup was plus 15 in 431 and in the first lineup was was conley nah slow-mo nas and rudy and then ant came in for conley that was the only change in that second second lineup so um really important job for the wolves to uh to grab hold of this thing in the fourth quarter and and really blow them out <laughs> um after after you know this people will look and say oh this game probably wasn't that close but this was a really close game for you know 85 90 percent of the game before um, you know, thankfully, uh, the Wolves just kind of clamped down and locked in and, and put this put this thing uh, away. Yeah. Um, Blazers led by two early in the quarter after that foul on the three. And then it turned into a Luca Garza game by the end of it. Um, the Wolves led <laughs> With by like his... three minutes left, you know, yeah. it wasn't just like a last minute there. He got some run in there, man. Once yeah, uh, once minutes, Ant got 40. Minutes. Quick hook after Ant got 40 with three and change left in the game. Ant scored 18 in the first quarter. And if I were to make a bet at that point, I would have said this is a 40-burger night for Ant, especially with Carl Anthony Towns in early foul trouble. He wasn't a factor. Not a lot of other offensive help. Uh, Rudy Gobert pitching in once again, like you mentioned, not great rim protectors for Portland. Another double-double for Rudy Gobert. His sixth in a row. He continues to shine. And... uh Maybe a small benefit of him not going to the All-Star game. He gets a chance to recoup a little bit uh, for this final stretch. But Anthony Edwards, certainly the, the headline for Minnesota. They win by 12. They're 38 and 16. They lead the West by a game over OKC, who also won tonight. Uh, Anthony Edwards came in questionable with that knee. Looked like it was barking at him a couple times, but did not slow him whatsoever. And this was one of those games where he seemed to gain confidence by seeing shots go in early, the mid-range, the three-point shots. And that sort of fueled his motivation to get to the rim. And that's always when Ant is at his best, when he is willing to get to the rack relentlessly. That's the best version of Ant. He finishes 16 of 27, 
41 points, four rebounds, two assists in the game. Um, but to have a not like, let's go back to Nah because I think he deserves a lot of praise for putting putting forth a heat check kind of effort when Jaden McDaniels is off the way he was tonight, held scoreless. Um, to have someone who really resembles him in a lot of ways and is probably a more pure shooter than him is so valuable um, to have that asset off the bench, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I, I think you could make a real case that Nikhil Alexander Walker is, you know, not only one of the most underrated, you know, kind of rotation non-starter players in the NBA, but but one of the most underrated players, period, in in the NBA. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of defensive metrics this, this year that would point to Nikhil Alexander Walker being the Timberwolves best perimeter defender, uh, which is really impressive on a team that also has Jaden McDaniels and, and Kyle Anderson, who's done a great job on bigger wings. Um, so for the Timberwolves to be able to, you know, have that guy as a guy coming back as a salary matching piece in the D'Lo Mike Conley trade last year, uh, was incredible. The Timberwolves had a choice between Nikhil Alexander Walker and Rudy Gay. And I think it's fair to say that the Timberwolves chose correctly. And that had, a, and Chris Finch had a lot to do with, with bringing Nikhil here based on, you know, their, the time that they spent together in new Orleans in, in Nikhil's rookie season. But, um, yeah, it's really important. And then, you know, what I think is going to be great about Nikhil is he's going to be even more empowered offensively, right? Because he's not going to have to play as much point guard down the stretch of the season. Now that Monte Morris is, uh, is here and, uh, and Monte Morris too, um, the player that he's played the most with so far since uh, since you know coming in last night is Nikhil Alexander Walker, and so it's going to be really fun to see Nikhil uh, just feel more comfortable as a shooter and a guy that can attack off the catch and, and having to worry a little bit less about running the offense, getting things organized, um, and, and can you know just play make on the second side rather than having to initiate a lot of offense, and, and that's where we've seen him be really effective, um, you know, dating back to, to the playoffs last season, and so. He's already been phenomenal as a, as a pinch hit point guard, um, you know, in times when Jordan McLaughlin has been effective or Mike Conley's been out um, and in the way that he can scale his game up or down based on what the Timberwolves need from him on a night to night basis, whether it's tonight when Jaden isn't playing very well offensively or Mike Conley's out or, or heck last night we saw him in Los Angeles, Mike Conley got played off the floor because James Harden was just way too big for him defensively. Nikhil steps in there and, and helps shut James Harden off. Um, he's just such a malleable player. Um, mm -hmm. And for them to have him locked up through next season as well uh, is going to be really, really big for this team, considering you know, all the financial uh, constraints that they have to deal with this, uh, you know, really after this season. Yeah, I think he's a little more valuable than the two or three million a year that they're paying him. I mean, what a what a contract. Yep. What a what a deal. Yeah. Um, that's that's a great value deal. We'll talk more a little bit about Monte Morris and uh Rudy Gobert's big game as the Wolves beat Portland. Uh, we're still chugging along on the Locked On Wolves postcast. We are presented tonight by Prize Picks. Uh, it's demon time on Prize Picks which is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 10 bucks into a nice grand $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Uh, they also have cross-sport. 
So football season, yep, it's over. You have to find something else to pair with your basketball picks. You can do that at Prize Picks as well. They have an injury insurance policy, which is very unique for DFS platforms. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of player and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Wolves win by 12. They are they are now three and two on the second half of back to backs. Jack, love that they didn't rest anybody. They had their full complement of players. They are surging into the all-star break. Really should be four and one on the second half of back-to-backs. Let's be honest. They should have won the Boston game. Uh, the only one where they really got, you know, embarrassed or blown out was at Phoenix relatively early in the season. But um, let, let's, since you were talking about Monte Morris, the newest Timberwolf going into the break, let's just uh, quickly elaborate on him a little bit. My take is that I'm not, I'm not really judging anything he does until he's had a little more time, get him after the all-star break. I remember watching Mike Conley coasting around before last year's all-star break being extremely underwhelmed by Mike Conley. And now I love the guy. Um, I think that you need a little bit of acclimation and let's let Monte Morris get that. He did hit a couple nice jumpers in the Clippers game, went 0 for 3 tonight in 12 minutes. Um, but I guess I'm not really expecting his best self yet. Um, let's see what he does in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think a lot of people also have to keep in mind, right? He had a right a right, ugh, a, a right quadricep strain. Mm-hmm. They kept him out for the first 43 games of the season, the first three months of the season, right? So he he's, I think last night was the most minutes he's played in a game so far this season. Um, and tonight, second end of back-to-back, only played 11 minutes, 33 seconds. So um, they're really going to try to just manage his minutes and not try to put too much on him. I, I think the last thing they want to do is um, you know, is re-aggravate that injury in, in, in any capacity. Um, so I think Timberwolves fans absolutely need to have some grace with uh, with him just because he's not in playing shape, right? You know, I think we can always talk about, well, oh, even if you're not playing, you know, you can still work out, get into playing shape. You can't get into basketball shape without playing live NBA action basketball. It's just not possible. Um, so, you know, I, I think after the All-Star break, especially gets seven games at home, um, really kind of will be able to settle in probably staying at the four seasons. Like some of these Wolves guys do that come in mid season um, can just kind of create a little bit of a home base, get, get organized, talk to players, you know, that they might have a little bit of practice time uh, to at least be together uh, and talk more about, you know, what they need from him, what his role is going to be, you know, where all of his teammates like the ball. But, but I think too, what what's going to be really important is his teammates learning about him. You know, he's a really good three-point shooter. Obviously, we haven't seen it um, so far in, in his time in Minnesota. I think he's just one of five. Um, but it's like 38 39% for his career. And, and there are a lot of times tonight where he was wide open and Ant just missed him. And, and you know, understandably, Ant was cooking. And then there were a lot of those possessions um, that he was wide open in the opposite corner where Ant had two on him and Ant scored anyways. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be really big on nights, you know, where, where guys don't have it. And Monte Morris is going to give you – 9, 10, 11, 12 points, you won't really recognize how important those buckets were until maybe after the game. And you're like, wow, where would they have been without Monte Morris scoring those buckets tonight? Um, and I and I just cannot emphasize enough, like you said, to not overreact to 
what you're seeing from Monte Morris after, uh, <laughs> you know, his injury, playing for the Pistons, coming in, um, you know, playing a role that honestly is is going to be pretty important considering how iffy the Timberwolves bench has looked at stretches this season. Uh, I tweeted earlier tonight as well that, uh, you know, in, in lineups where the Timberwolves um, have zero starters on the floor, they have a net rating of 10.6. And granted that that only represents about 4.1% of their total minutes this season. But um, you know, if you look at, you know, with, with one starter on the floor, net rating of plus 3.1. And then, with three or excuse me, with two starters on the floor, almost 22% of their minutes, they have a net rating of just plus 2.0, right? And so when you consider that, that's almost a you know more than a fifth of the minutes that they're playing. You know, those are lineups where you have Nah, Kyle Anderson, uh, Rudy, and then maybe Jade McDaniels out there. Like having another you know point guard that can put mm-hmm. you know Nah and Kyle Anderson specifically into roles that fit them more instead of playing more of the point guard role, I think is going to be really helpful. Um, and it'll be really interesting to kind of circle back to those numbers, um, you know, because they are pretty mediocre numbers. And, and considering that that those minutes make up, you know, nearly 40% of the game, uh, it, it's just going to be really important to have another guy that can make everyone feel a little bit more comfortable and then provide some consistent scoring uh, when you need it as well. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, and, and again, you know, having seven home games after the all-star break, granted, some of them are back-to-backs, but, um, still that should be huge for getting him kind of up and running and, and more comfortable and in shape. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, a lot more back-to-backs in the second half of the season as well. So if you do need seven to take more. some, uh, yeah, yeah, this was your fifth of the year. Um, which is one of the fewest numbers in the NBA. Um, before our next break, I do want to get your take on Gobert's game. It seems like he's, I mean, he's cooking right now, right? Like he had a couple possessions tonight where he kind of lost his mind and tried to, you know, do something that Rudy shouldn't do, shoot um, from like eight feet away. But I, I think that uh, he, defensively, he is off the charts. I mean, even, you know, tonight, impacting shots, affecting driving lanes uh, with that long reach. Last night, he was incredible. I mean, seeing Rudy thrive in a back-to-back situation is just so heartening for this team. His health seems to be in a really good place. Now he gets the all-star break. I mean, the arrow is still pointing up now, almost 50, uh, exactly 54 games into the season. Yeah, no question about it. I think if there's anything that this season has taught us, it's that Rudy Gobert was not healthy at all last season, right? And that he's just a completely different player obviously is so much more confident now in a system that's, that's totally built around him defensively, obviously understands all the verbiage now. Uh, and I think more importantly, other players kind of understand how to play with him and how to, you know, understand where Rudy is on the floor and, and how that changes what their job needs to be while they're out there, which is really important. And I mean, tonight, again, uh, the Portland Trailblazers coming into this game, worst team shooting at the rim, 58%. Uh, tonight, they shot 51% on 37 shots at the rim. So Rudy did an awesome job of, of deterring guys. And then even in that short mid-range, right? I've talked about it a lot with Luke this season. Timberwolves do a great job of stopping other teams short of getting to the rim and forcing them into this short mid-range area. They were just 27% uh, in, in that area this season. And, and for the, you know, just for the folks at home, the NBA average for a team in that area is 44%. So holding them 17% below average there is, is pretty huge. Um, and a huge, huge hat tip to Rudy. And then for him to be able to give you 16 points, um, 
you know, obviously he's done a really good job this season uh, of really bullying opposing centers that aren't strong rim protectors or, you know, in situations where he feel he feels he has a mismatch, he has not been shy about backing guys down, turning around, dunking on them, and being really aggressive uh, on the offensive glass. Right, six offensive rebounds tonight as part of his 15 rebounds, um, and he was a huge part of the Wolves ending up having 12 offensive rebounds for 17 second chance points. Especially on a night where your offense is kind of eh for for a lot of the game, uh, that, those are really important. Uh, points and, and he just had a lot of activity too right only you know only six offensive I mean he had six offensive rebounds but the activity that he had uh him and Duop Reith were just going at it in the paint and and even if if Rudy's occupying you know two Portland players that are trying to keep him off the glass that creates open opportunities for guys like Ant, Carl, Nas, Slomo to all come Nikhil is a great um you know long rebound offensive rebounder um so Rudy draws a lot of attention so even though you know the, the, those six are the only ones that he gets credit for. You know, there are so many more offensive rebounding opportunities that he creates with his activity. Um, and then you know, everything else he does with, you know, setting great screens, got called for a, an illegal screen, which, you know, we saw that so much with Carl Anthony Towns before Rudy Gobert got here. And now whenever you see a, a moving screen from Rudy Gobert, you're just so surprised because every screen he sets is just money and, and creates just a runway for Anthony Edwards or, to, to get all the way to the rim or pull up in the mid range or, or Mike Conley to, um, you know, to get in that kind of handoff give and go where he just will keep flipping the screen until Mike gets it, how he wants it, and then can pull up for an open three or, or get the ball moving and get the defense rotation. So um, another great game for Rudy and, and he's been phenomenal in setting a, a business like professional tone, um, you know, not only against bad teams um, or, or low energy spots, I guess, where, where the, you know, it's just natural for, I guess, for, a really good team to, to not take the game as seriously. He has always brought a really concerted focus and effort to these games uh, to, to make sure that, you know, the Timberwolves have, uh, you know, not repeated what happened last season. And, and when, um, I, and I think they were like, they might've been even below 500 uh, against teams that were um, under 500, um, you know, and then this season uh, against below 500 teams, they're 15 and five, uh, which is, which is pretty good. Um, you know, it's like, it's honestly, shockingly, uh, that is the fifth best record in, in the Western conference so far this season. So they definitely could be better uh, when you think about some of the games that they've lost here, especially recently. Um, but again, like after what we saw last season, you can't really complain about 15 and five uh, in any subset of games. So, um, you know, great, great job from Rudy. And, and it's been really fun to see him set the tone on, on both ends of the floor in, in these types of games. Yeah. After this, I will ask Jack if he is willing to back off his comments from last week's Minnesota basketball party that's coming up on tonight's Locked on Wolves postcast. Which is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, sometimes we need the opportunity to take something off our chest, whether it's big or small. Certain things can get to you. It's important to let those things out to somebody who's unbiased in your life. And here, you know, in the sports talk realm, we we worry about a lot of things about sports. I worried about the Timberwolves in the fourth quarter. I ranted about it. I care deeply about it. But therapy, you might have bigger problems than uh, your favorite sports team. 
and their problems. And it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. Uh, so if you're starting uh, or thinking of starting therapy, excuse me, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, welcome back. Locked on Wolves postcast. Uh, this is not the only Wolves content here on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Please subscribe, by the way. We'd really appreciate that. We also have the Minnesota basketball party on Wednesday morning. So in a few hours, Jack and I will be on with uh, Reggie Wilson, Ben Beacon of Locked on Wolves, talking more about this basketball team. And uh, you can find that on the Locked on Wolves audio feed as well. But last week, Jack, we were all in a panic about the Bulls game. And I think we I I was very worried and I think even you who has been a you've been telling us to calm down all season about this stuff. And even you I think stooped to our level. I think you said we need to temper expectations about the Wolves. Well, what do they do? They clown the Bucks and the Clippers and then they beat the Blazers tonight so they've won three convincing basketball games since you uttered that. Do you regret doubting the Timberwolves, Jack Foreman? No, I do not, Sam Ekstrom, because you left out the second part of my statement, which was until they prove we shouldn't. Ah, expectations. You got so me. You got me. I think I think that they've proved that you know they've earned some more of our respect. Now, about the fourth quarter specifically, I don't know. Because they t- tonight, I guess you could say they played in a meaningful fourth quarter game and that they kind of had to grind it out and you know, blow up this lead after, you know, really struggling kind of in that third quarter. And, and the game was a lot closer than it should have. They lost a lot of these games last season, yada, yada. But, you know, we saw in, in Milwaukee, right? The score was just so exorbitant after three quarters that we didn't have to worry about the fourth quarter. Last night, they won the fourth quarter 40 to 19. So we don't have to worry about the fourth quarter. Um, so really only one game sample right now since that game of a fourth quarter that was close. This Blazers team is completely unserious. Um, they did not have a point guard that could get things organized tonight without Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know, it's just, I think we, we do have to see more from them uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I'm not ready to say, like, after what we've seen this week that, you know, the Western Conference Finals are back on or, or anything like that. I just think that, you know, the Timberwolves have shown that they can beat anybody, that their defense can shut anybody down. Um, but they are prone, you know, in some of these, some of these matchup dependent things, right? Like we saw Kobe white, who's a really quick, fast guard cause a lot of problems for their defense. And and that's something we've seen so far this season, all year speed has really bothered Timberwolves defense. Um, when you think about Milwaukee, they don't have a lot of speed in their backcourt. When you think about Los Angeles, Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, three of the best perimeter players in the history of basketball. None of them are really going to blow by guys on the perimeter. So the Wolves are able to kind of stay with them. Um, and tonight, right, Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson, two guys that are really, really quick, caused a lot of problems for the Timberwolves defense. Thankfully, you know, they picked it up, um, did a great job. Uh, Jade McDaniels, after totally shutting off Jeremy, Green, uh, Jeremy Grant in the first half, switched on to Anthony Simons in the second half, really bothered him, did a great job. So I think it's, it's more about just turning some of these flashes into more consistent play. And turning some of the things that we're worried about, right, like speed, defensive perimeter, guys that can just really get hot from deep, 
um, things that have bothered them all year. It's, it's more just about, I guess, kind of clamping down on those things and, and proving that like, Hey, you know, we can, we can beat this type of matchup. Right. And um, it's just going to be consistency for this team down, down the stretch of the season. Right. They can, I, I truly believe that this team can go a, as far as they want to. I truly believe that this team can win an NBA championship um, because their, their offense is trending in the right direction. They have two offensive superstar caliber players and two of the best defensive players, three of the best defensive players in the world. If you want to include Nikhil Alexander Walker. Um, but again, I could also see this team losing in the first round of the playoffs. So it's it's up to them to show us, hey, what, what team are you going to be? Are you going to be the team more consistently that we think can win the finals or the team that's causing panic in the Minnesota basketball party, uh, you know, stream yard chat on, on yeah. Wednesday mornings? Um, and it's going to be really fun uh, for, for, for us to be able to watch that unfold over the final, you know, what is it, 28 games that they've got they've got left here. Yeah, that first round matchup, if they happen to be a one seed, it's going to be like Luca or LeBron or Steph or Deer and Fox and the King. Like, it's going to be the first round is going to be tough. Every round's going to be tough. It's going to be a battle in this postseason. Wolves have one game left before the All Star break. It is again in Portland, their 55th game of the year. If they can win that, and they should, Portland is the second worst team in the West, and they might be the worst by the end of the year, the way that Wemby is playing with the Spurs. Um, that's not a serious team, like you said. So let's assume the Wolves get to the break 39 and 16, maybe the one seed. I mean, th th this is not a mirage anymore, Jack. I mean, they are here. That is 55 games of an 82-game season, 27 to go after the All-Star break. That is not that many. That's going to fly by, and then hopefully a long postseason run. I want to withhold a little analysis and save it for the basketball party where we're going to talk about All-Star Weekend. Cat in the three-point contest. Anthony Edwards in the skills competition. Uh, we'll, of course, circle back to that Clippers game and talk about what we saw there, what we saw in the Bucks game as well. And uh, maybe we'll we'll give out some Timberwolves Valentines tomorrow, a romantic edition of the Minnesota Basketball Party. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what, what Ron and Reggie cook up for, for Valentines <laughs> uh, in the morning. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think one of the two Timberwolves players uh, – that will be competing on all-star Saturday night will have a great chance to win. Uh, and I personally think should be the favorite in the event that he is playing in. Um, and the other one, I, I don't think will do much of anything. So I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. Um, That's but, but uh, yeah, I, I think you've got to be really pleased with where the Timberwolves are um, heading into the break, assuming they don't, um, you know, assuming they don't they don't have any major letdowns. I think like in an average season with when you look at what the Timberwolves defensive rating is, net rating is, this is a team that would win 60 games um, more often than not based on the numbers. Um, and, and right now, I, I don't know what the pace is off the top of my head. It's, it's I'll work on that. It's certainly north of 53, 54 games. Um, but again, like, hey, all, all that stuff is really important in the context of uh, you know, playing an eight seed that has to go through the play-in tournament and, you know, is probably a little bit worn down uh, from, from, you know, one or potentially two pretty grueling games is, is way different than, than falling to third or fourth and having to play Phoenix or uh, Sacramento in the first round. And so I, I think it's just going to be about maintaining that level of focus and, and not letting your focus 
drift outside of those four white lines every single night. And it's a team that can can rattle off eight, nine, ten wins in a row. We've seen it already this season. It's just going to be um, you know, really imperative that, that they stack another winning streak here to, to kind of pull away from the pack. You can see that they're trying, right? I think they're one and a half games up now um, or, or one game up on Oklahoma City if Oklahoma City won tonight. Um, yeah, they did. And so I think it's just going to be important. Hey, can you get a two-game lead? Can you turn a two-game lead into a three-game lead? Those types of things. So, um, But mm-hmm. you got no complaints from me. I think I predicted they'd be the second-best team in the West uh, at the start of the season. Um, and you would have looked at their pregame or their preseason odds to to get all the way to the, the one line. Um, and and I, I can't complain one bit with mm-hmm. uh, with with how that how that prediction has turned out. So it's been a lot of fun and, and going to be a, a really fun stretch run here. 58 win pace as they stand right now. That would match the 2003-2004 team. Got to beat that. Got to beat it. 60. 60. They can do it. Uh, Locked on Wolves postcast. Not going anywhere. Back on Thursday. Minnesota basketball party tomorrow. You're on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Please subscribe or hear this show on the Lockdown Wolves audio feed. He's Jack Borman, Candace Hoopis. I'm Sam Ekstrom here at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Thank you for staying up late past midnight with us. Go to bed, you sickos, and uh, tune in next time to the Lockdown Wolves postcast. Later. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.